Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? And jumped onto Wikipedia. I was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Hello there, you've tuned into episode 75 of the Star Wars Archives, the UTN Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living bantha poodoo out of it. I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline pages over at utini.com, spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media, and I've read over a thousand Star Wars books and comics. And joining me today is someone I haven't thought up a witty quip for, Jose. You can call me your Padawan for today, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, I could have done, like... but you, you're the witty one. Yeah, well, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm the snipster Anakin, sort of, uh, to your, to your sky guy. Anyways, I am Jose, and I have not spent my entire life consuming and collecting as many Star Wars things as my co-host here, Mr. Trevor Davey, and that is why I tend to disrupt whatever insightful and random Star Wars factoid he has, uh, he's talking about. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, short and sweet. That's what I do. That's what I, that's who I am. Yeah. You're up, you're up the quipster. Yes. You have the japes. Sure. All right. What are we doing today? <laughs> so, so we've done this a few times now, uh, and the last one went down really well. So, remember we talked about the uh, Book of Sith recently. Well, this week we're going to go back and do the Jedi Path. Jose has never read this book. I have read this book. And the multitude of facts contained within. So, we're just going to let Jose take the lead, flick through talk about whatever grabs his attention and then elaborate and illustrate for you dear listeners yes that's uh that's it pretty plain and simple flipping through a book so if you have the jedi path i feel like you should also just grab Grab it it now grab it now if you're driving then don't grab your book and drive i guess but whatever i mean no yeah just be safe just wait <laughs> like uh listen to it and then grab it when you get home anyways uh yeah, yeah something else that i thought but would let's be just kind of... give a bit of um let's give a bit of real world history about the book first sure. okay so uh so this book is written by daniel wallace came out in 2012 so it's no 20 2011 yeah 2011 um daniel wallace you've heard me rave about him loads mm-hmm. the guy is a genius he's a god um <laughs> And yeah, it's it's an in-universe book about Jedi teachings with lots of annotations. That's, yeah, pretty, yep. And I think that it's also, now that, you know, again, we're when we're recording this, we're still in the middle of Ahsoka, so I, I was, um, I thought it'd be interesting to just see what sort of parallels or anything that uh, that maybe, there might be some things that are relevant to the show as we're reading this, hopefully, I'm hoping, um, because uh, Ahsoka Tano is one of the people that have annotated on this book. Um, so on the first, when you first open this up, on the left side, I, I presume that the list of names in there that we have, Trev, 
are the people that we will be hearing from as we flip yes. to the so we got Yoda. We you know we all know him. We got Thames Cerulean. Who is Thames Cerulean or Tame or So he was he was Dooku's master. Oh. So okay. what what we're seeing here if he's a direct links. So Yoda was Thames master. Uh Thame, uh he also worked a lot with Quinlan Vos and then Thame trained Dooku, Dooku trained Qui-Gon, oh, etc. etc. I thought oh okay, so because I thought that Dooku was under Yoda, but I for, I guess I forgot someone in between. In he is in canon. Oh. You gotta remember this is Legends. Okay, okay. So yeah. So I, I don't believe that Thame has ever come into canon. Interesting. Alright, so I wasn't that I wasn't that far off. So we got yeah, no. so we got Thame Cerulean, then Dooku. Qui-Gon Jinn, Obi-Wan, Anakin Skywalker, then we got Ahsoka Tano, Darth Sidious, and Luke Skywalker. So I guess that's the part where, you know, everything is in order, but then Darth Sidious makes an appearance in there right before Luke, for some reason. Yes, which which makes sense when you think about the journey of the book as an in-universe mm. artifact. Because then Darth Sidious would have taken it after Order 66 or something, and then yes. Luke Skywalker somehow finds it and tries to bring it back into the Jedi Order. Is that uh, yeah. general? Yeah, exactly that. Mm-hmm. See, I pay attention. Well well deduced. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as hope, you know hopeless as some of you might think. I, I have read a couple of... <laughs> I, it's not a thousand books like Trev, but I'm, I'm you, there. You know your stuff. Yes. You know your yes, stuff. Yes, I am wearing a Star Wars shirt right now. So, yes, I know some things. All right. So, uh, yeah, let's get right into it, into the segment where we read about the book. So, yeah, I do want to start with the first page. So, it's like it's kind of like the foreword because right after that, we do have the, um, you know, table of contents and all that. But, yeah, the foreword is written... By Luke Skywalker. And it says, yeah, so Yavin Praxium, ABY 2437. You're a timeline guy. So I have, <laughs> I have some thoughts about I, this. I figured that you would want to stop here. <sighs> okay, so in universe, this book is set 24 years after the Battle of Yavin, okay? So three seven would be month and day. So that's like month Mar- day, <laughs> hypothetically, or whatever their version of March seventh is. Yeah. Okay. In the f- format of the the great resynchronization dating system, which was well used back in the early days of Legends. Um, so that again went year, year, month, day. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, under the great resynchronization dating. It wouldn't be 24 because it wasn't ABY, BBY. Um, so that started in, it was basically, uh, what, what year did it start in? Because it only lasted for 60 years. So it started in 35 years before the Battle of Yavin for whatever reason. Um, I could find this and really nerd out on it because I have. <laughs> um, and then it was reshuffled to a more standardized dating 25 years after the Battle of Yavin. Which I think is when, in universe, they started using the before and after Battle Yavin dating system, which they hadn't up to that point. Uh, however, twenty-four ABY should be fifty-nine GRS. So what that should say is Yavin Praxium fifty-nine three seven. 
not 24 three seconds. I see. And I'm disappointed in that Daniel Wallace for getting that wrong. Uh, Unless we can assume that this is uh, this is like a reprint. This is not the original one, right? Because they have they're selling this all over the galaxy. Therefore, for uh, for people to since this this is being printed after that was second edition this is second edition (laughs) (laughs) there they fixed that in there because by the time of this printing avy does exist so they actually changed that from that so this is not luke skywalker's actual handwriting this is the reprint of what he said Uh, well the the, the worst thing is that dan wallace co-wrote the essential atlas with jason fry Uh and there's a ton of grs dating references mm. in there it literally gives you gives you dates for the start of every single movie yeah uh, tells you how long they lasted for the works he knows his grs dating yes. systems so um, maybe he had his reasons and i just yeah. don't know what they are yeah um you have just haven't asked enough questions <laughs> praxium so when luke set up or decided that he was going to rebuild the jedi order um he set the first well he used the temples on yavin 4 as his first mm-hmm. academy and Praxium was the word that he was using to describe his academy. Okay, so it is in Yavin 4. Yes. Okay, got it. So it's, it's basically another word for academy. Got it, all right. It's a word, it's a word that he made up. <laughs> okay, so, <clears throat> and I, I assume, I presume that what I'm about to read is what this book is. At least, at least, to, at least to Luke Skywalker once he found it. Who's the, he's the yes. last owner of this book. So he says, The Jedi Path is one of the most amazing discoveries made since the opening of the new Jedi Academy. It was found among the artifacts recently acquired from a squib salvage scout near the ruins of Bis. While the holocrons we've recovered contain more specific detail, this heavily worn manual is a tangible echo of a time long lost. What is a squib and what <laughs> where is Bis? <laughs> So a squib is a species. Okay. Um, they were kind of invented by Troy Denning. Uh, they turn up in the Tatooine Ghost novel, and there's also a short story called "The Trouble with Squibs." And oh, I've heard. I vaguely remember that. They're basically short, blue, furry things with big ears. They're kind of like horse face, like mm. mini bothans almost. <laughs> okay. All right. And Biss. Biss, so Biss is, Biss was one of Palpatine's uh, worlds. It's deep, deep in the deep core, so the center of the galaxy. And it was, you know, completely ravaged by the dark side. That's where he transported his consciousness to after dying to be recloned. Got it. In Legends. I'm not sure if he did the same in canon, okay. but I'd be surprised if they changed it. There's, they haven't really, even if, if they haven't mentioned that there's no reason to really change it somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our historian's estimated text was set down a decade or more after the end of the New Sith Wars in 1000 BBY. Also, he wouldn't have written that, according to, right, GRS, or whatever you were saying. Yeah. He wouldn't have said uh, he, 1000 BBY. Yeah. If, if they're set in the book in 24 BBY, ABY, it doesn't make sense for them to be using that dating. Yes. If they'd said it in 25, it would have. Yes. Its authors, Jedi Masters of the Age, used, used the changed political structure and newfound peace as an impetus to codify the role of the Jedi Order and to establish traditions that 
endured for centuries. This Wait, I've got it. Uh huh. I've got it. What did you get? So they weren't using the BBY ABY system at this time, but because the Battle of Yavin was such an important event to Luke, that's how he anchors these. So he used it to make sense to himself, and the galaxy adopted it afterwards. There. I, I there. like it. That's, he, he, so that's what Luke, happened. Luke Skywalker invented. Because you've got to remember, he is like the most famous person in the galaxy, right? Surely. Right. Possibly. Not to not to race yeah. not to Ray. Ray for for her it was it was Han Solo. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, no, she knew no she'd heard of Luke. She yeah. just didn't believe he was real, like Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like, okay. All right. Luke Skywalker or Santa Claus. Okay. Uh, <laughs> this particular copy of the book appears to date from around one hundred one fifteen BBY and was passed from Master to Padawan in succession, some of whom I knew and some of whom exist as legends only. It is therefore of considerable historical and personal significance. The thoughts and observations of each owner are recorded in their handwritten comments scrawled on the pages, which makes for interesting reading. To the best of our historian's knowledge, the following is when each annotator possessed the volume. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. So, Master Yoda, the first possessor of this copy, apparently reviewed the pages for revisions in future editions. Then we got Jedi Thames Cerulean. Received the book when he was a child, and it remained in his possession at least through his teens, about 115 to 103 BBY. Dooku, Thames Cerulean's Padawan, took control of the book during his apprenticeship, Around 89 to 82 BBY. So what happened between... Um, there's, a, there's a gap in there. Because if you got it at 89, so there's a 13... There's almost a 20... There's a 21-year gap. No, wait. No, 13, 14-year 14, 14 gap. 14-year gap. I, so. I guess he was, um, he was busy because ultimately it is a training book. So maybe it's only at any use to you once you're a Padawan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it does say that Master Yoda reviewed the pages for revisions in future editions. So maybe in between people, Yoda would always get it back and add more things, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Dooku. Uh, so yeah, uh, he later returned. He later turned to the dark side and took on the title Count. Qui Gon Jinn was the next owner given the book by his master Dooku. Qui Gon Jinn's comments appear to, uh, to date from eighty-two to seventy-two. So he got it right. Yeah. So. Dooku, that was a uh, yeah from eighty two was Dooku and then he, Qui Gon took it over. Yeah, um, we believe Qui Gon kept it safe until Obi Wan Kenobi received the book in forty four BBY. That's not that. That's a that's a big gap in there, almost um, thirty years. I think um, again that would tie into what I said because Qui Gon was always reluctant to take on a Padawan because mm. he was off, you know, being all living forcey yeah. around the galaxy, right. So he he was late taking a Padawan on. Okay. So yeah, so this is really, maybe this is, I think this is dating when, so it, it says that when each annotator possessed the volume, but it might also just be when the annotator, when they were annotating on the volume, perhaps. Yes, yeah. Um, okay, uh, it then passed to, okay, so Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan received the book in 44, it then passed to Anakin Skywalker in 32 BBY. Anakin owned the book for a 10-year stretch until the start of the Clone Wars. 
Ahsoka Tano, Anakin's Padawan, held on to the volume, adding her comments during the Clone Wars from 22 to 9, so just a three-year period. Darth, Darth Sidious, the Sith alias of Emperor Palpatine, acquired the book during the aftermath of the Clone Wars and added his own form of caustic commentary. I continue... Now, was Sidious the alias of Palpatine, or was Palpatine the alias of Sidious? I mean, it... That's, I mean, that's a whole Batman Bruce Wayne kind of question. <laughs> like, who's the, who's, who's the actual... Uh, um, I mean, he was Sheev Palpatine when he was born, presumably. Yeah. Therefore, Darth C... But, you know, yeah. Once he's an adult, when, when, once he becomes Sidious, it's, uh, it's the other way around, probably, right? Like, that is your persona, and you sort of keep yeah, your cause... name. You know, Vader lost his Anakin well, yeah. name. Yeah, he killed Anakin. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I continued to practice of annotating the book's text, for I sensed it should remain a living document. Through its teachings, I have gained a greater understanding of what it means to be a Jedi, and I am honored to preserve its wisdom for generations to come. But then, you know, they were all killed by Ben, so... Not that many generations. <laughs> <laughs> Fail, teacher Luke Skywalker wrote this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's that's I guess that's what we're that's what the book is. Anything to add? Yeah, so that no, that's really interesting. I like the fact that it's a long time because um, yeah. you got to remember. So Luke starts his notes in twenty four ABY. So that's. 139 years mm-hmm. between first and last owner. Yeah. I'm curious to see, yeah, like what kinds of comments um, Palpatine added. Because, like, so, anyway, so, yeah, so I'm flipping through it. Um, just so uh, first thing that grabs your attention, and we'll focus on that. Okay. Well, I. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the first comment in here. This is on page six, the Jedi Code, just because it's Ahsoka just saying, Yoda, you was a, Yoda was a youngling? <laughs> so, just... <laughs> so, I mean, there's not, I don't think there's a lot to say about it, but um, well, hold on. The thing is, that, would, that comment would be funnier if it wasn't written by a kid, but like someone who was 40 or 50 and had yeah. known Yoda all his life already. But then right before that, though, right, Yoda. So she's commenting probably from what Yoda is saying. And Yoda is saying, remember Master Faye, I do. Or Tay. I don't know if that's an F or a T. Faye. Um, Faye. From when I was a mere youngling. Good it, it is to hear her voice again through these words. So Yoda's Master Faye. So that that's the person who's literally writing these next pages. So if you have a look at the title, oh, it's The oh, Jedi yeah, yeah. Code Mitchell. by Grandmaster Faye Coven. Or Coven. Wow. So I I didn't know that I didn't know that uh, Yoda had a master. I mean, or they didn't know of his master. Yeah, I mean, everyone has to have one. Well, yeah. So what do you know of Master Faye Coven? Is Coven? Very very little. <laughs> <laughs> is uh is are they still like canon? Um, I don't believe so. I knew no. we would do a lot of fact checking. They do not have a canon page on Wikipedia. Hmm. Um, 
it just says that uh, she was a female Genic Jedi Master, Grand Master of the Order, following the Rusan Reformations, serving until her death sometime after 896 BBY. Hmm. All right. Okay, well, I mean, so I'm just going to keep going. There's, uh, yeah, the code. It here talks about the code, uh, the five core precepts of the code, which is there is no emotion, there is peace, there is no ignorance, there is knowledge, there is no passion, there is serenity, there is no chaos, there is harmony, there is no death, there is the force. I mean, as as we all know it. Yeah, but don't. So there's what no you don't know is Jose just repeated that, recited that off off the back of his skull. He didn't turn over <laughs> no. to the next page and read it. He right. just knew that. Right. Yeah, of course. But I, there's death. I guess not. You just return to the force. Well, no. Well, I mean, that's true. I mean, you know, uh, Darth Maul came back. Palpatine came back. So, yeah, I guess they're right. There is no death. <laughs> Can't wait for Windu to come back. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll keep going here. So, uh, let me just... Uh, can we care? There's a war... Oh, Ahsoka doesn't care about something. No kidding. Theme. Okay, what is no... Okay, why, why is he saying no kidding? Um, for even at this so age... This, was, go ahead. This section's just all about like the actual formation of the Jedi Order and uh, back on Tython, and we covered all that stuff when we did our like ancient history one. Ah. Um, <clears throat> a lot of reference books that came out that all kind of retold the same the same thing once it was mm. established. So this is saying that, yeah, that the Jedi forebears had discovered it is difficult to wield a weapon that does not act as if it is an extension of one's own body. No kidding. <laughs> it's <what it> says. <laughs> um, okay. Uh Oh, the structure of the Jedi. Oh, okay. This is for the first comments by Palpatine. Uh, I, I I want this to be like really sassy. Like I want him to just <laughs> like you know just have like. So let's see. So Darth Sidious underlined a, a part of a sentence that says the Order has at least has at last defeated the Sith following a war that lasted a thousand years. So Darth Sidious responds to this. Really? It appears that Darth Bane's philosophy of concealment was wise for its time. Okay. So, Darth Bane was... Which trying... doesn't really doesn't really make sense, because, you know, they're on about the ancient Sith Wars, the Great Sith War, um, and Darth Bane didn't have any part of that. But he mm. was a, a later Sith War. Oh, and then he's and then the next uh, on the next page uh Sidious has something else to add where it's like so this is about the structure of the Jedi Order where it says like armies and governments the Jedi Order follows a hierarchy to aid in its flow of command and Sidious says typical Jedi inefficiencies <laughs> <laughs> oh he's got the probably the spiciest uh, comments in here so I'm glad oh what's going on here Page 13, Trev. Why did Luke cross out everything? Okay, so... I know. Yeah, talk about it. So, fun fact is... Uh, so, these pages are deliberately marked out. So, there's writing yeah. there, but you can't see it. It's like marker pen all the way through it. 
they were originally going to have it so the pages were torn out. And in the deluxe version, that's what you get. So uh-huh. the pages are torn out as if someone tried to suppress the information. Yeah. When it went to mass market, they were like, if we do that, loads of people are just going to be returning these books thinking that there's pages missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. So, so if you read, um, read, read Luke's note at the top. Why don't you read it? Okay. I w- because you're the one doing the reading. I know, um, <laughs> but I'm reading a lot, so I just want you to also be part of this, <laughs> this podcast. So <laughs> Luke leads, leaves a note saying, these pages were already defaced when the book came into my possession. I don't know who tried to suppress the prophecy, but it was most likely the emperor. Ah. So this is the prophecy of the chosen one. Oh, yeah. That everyone believes Anakin to be. This is the prophecy. Yeah, now, I'm, trying, I'm like rotating this page with the light to see if I can read through the marking. But yeah, I didn't really like, you can't really read that text through it. Oh, you don't need to, Jose. You don't need to. Why not? Because in the Kindle edition, this text was already written for the book. And it was going to be included, but they decided not to for whatever reason. Uh-huh. Um, they, they decided it would be pretty cool to do the whole, you know, suppressed the information thing. Uh-huh. But somebody, some wizard on the internet, managed to data mine the Kindle edition to find what was oh, written. Oh, and I'm sure that you have this. And I've just sent it to you. Oh. Um, but it, it does talk about the prophecy of the chosen one it says it's one of the oldest prophecies on Mor- of mortis held in the ancient holograms and the prophecy states in the time of great despair a child shall be born who will destroy the sith and bring balance to the force oh and then it gives a bit of history about Interesting. the prophecy uh, says master sulut believed the prophecy dated from the first great schism and that the line about the sith was added later to refine the original text um, and that the Chosen One would be a vessel of pure energy who was someone who was fathered into existence by the midichlorians themselves to act as their agent. Such a being would be beyond the authority of the Jedi Council. That's very specific to a particular person we know. Yes. <laughs> now, if, if Qui-Gon really believed Anakin to be the Chosen One, and he was well-versed in prophecies, as we know, yes. then did he really believe that Anakin would be beyond the authority of the Jedi Council. <laughs> I mean, he must have. He was like, I'm... Qui-Gon thought he was. He's like, I'm going to do... I'm going to train this boy anyway. I don't care yeah. what you say. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah, if you, if that was already pre-written, then why would you, like... But I guess it's... it's, it's... No, that's an interpretation. Yeah. The, the prophecy itself is just those two lines. I see, I see. Um, a child will be born who will destroy the Sith and bring balance to the Force. Mm. Interesting. All right, well, I'll have to read that later, that uh, uh, thing you sent to me. Uh, I'm going to keep going. So there's a few pages of this. Uh, wait, so all this is written by fake Coven, then? Oh, no. Okay, no, then. um... Yeah, she she basically writes about the prophecy. Now, it's it's three pages in the book, but a lot of those are sentences that are repeated, or you know, it's made out to be longer than it is. The actual text is only a page long. Oh, so the so what you sent me because yeah, because you sent me only like a single page. So that's only one. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. 
All right, so after that, we got... So then Fae Coven talks about joining a clan. There's clans? Which we see in... Um, well, we see that in uh, Dooku Jedi Lost. Oh, it's been a lot where, where it all goes a bit Harry Potter. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh. Does uh, does Luke try to launch clans when he restarts the He school? leaves. He leaves a note later on, um, basically saying... Oh, um, I see. Next yeah. week, I'm launching the Ronto and Veermok clans. Yeah, saying that he should have tried that from the beginning. Hmm. So these are okay. So oh, we have um, six different clans. We got the Bear Clan, the Dragon Clan, the Katarn Clan, the Bear Grufta Clan. So basically, they're just getting weirder and weirder names as we go on. Yeah. Um, the, the Squall Clan and then the Hilliost Clan. Uh, what clan would I be in, Trev? <laughs> uh, let's, let's have a look. So, so if you're a bear, you're brave. If you're a dragon, you're tenacious. If you're a katan, you're stealthy. If you're a begrufter, you're loyal. If you're a squaw, you're swift. If you're helios, you hold great insight. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to say that you're a dragon. Because you're tenacious and nothing can back you away if you do not will it. Nice. I'm I'm okay being the dragon. <laughs> uh I mean, you're clearly Heliost, right? You're you know, learned of well okay, lessons yep. of the temple's lore and keepers, and no secret will remain locked to you. I mean <laughs> you are the keeper of the timeline and everything, so I think that you're definitely that makes the sense. Helios, right? I'll take I mean, it. Yeah. It's like you have a cool logo. Interesting. Okay. We'll keep on going. Attire. Okay, so here's uh it's funny to hear that they I mean, this child is kind of creepy looking. I don't want to look at him anymore. Uh that's <laughs> page, page twenty. It's like the face is a little like he's like staring into your soul. So um no thank you. He looks okay. like a, a mini sumo wrestler. He kinda does. I'm just gonna I'm I'm like liter- I'm covering his face because I feel yeah, he's I don't like it. Uh so Palpatine here says, no, wait, no, what does that say? No half the galaxy, no, half the galaxy hates the Jedi and the other half can be persuaded to ignore them. Oh, okay. But they only hate the Jedi because you lied about what they, you know, during what they did or didn't do. So, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could, you could understand what some people would maybe fear them or just not understand Mm-hmm. Why they have the power they have. So um, then the next page. So there's the three pillars of the Jedi, and one of them has a Triforce from uh, from Zelda. Why is that? <laughs> because they're crossing the streams. Fant- <laughs> Fantastic. So Zelda is so Hyrule is a, a planet in um, in the in the Star Wars universe. That's good to know. Okay. Ooh, what is the dark side? Uh, I'm not shocked. I'm gonna keep going. I mean, Trev, if I if there's <laughs> you, anyth- you know enough about the dark side. Yeah, yeah. I, if there's anything here that I'm also like skipping over that you think is is worth uh, talking about, um, let you know. Obviously, jump in. Ooh, is there Soka? I don't know. There's not. Okay, oh, well, there's a long one from, from Palpatine. Let's see what he has to say. Um, the Jedi were mistaken 
if they thought they could hide these Academy worlds as if this very volume didn't reveal their locations. My legions wiped them out, saving us a great deal of time tracking down the Jedi children. Now that's like that's a whole story to be told right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Post Order 66, he picks this book up from, you know, Ahsoka's bedroom in the temple. And when he's like, ah, oh, cheers, guys. Right. That saved me a massive job. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go slaughter the rest of these children. But obviously, he didn't do a great job because there were still some around. And the more that they keep trying to tell stories in this era, the more we find out there's a, there's a number of Jedi all, all around, anyways. Like, Ahsoka yeah, but still, was know, somewhere, Ezra was somewhere. As, as long as we never pass that 1% mark, sure. then we're fine. Are we ever going to find out in canon where, what Ahsoka was doing during the original trilogy? Like, specifically? I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think we'd be surprised if we didn't. Yeah. I think the longer like live action TV goes, even if it's just a throwaway line. Right. You know, I think I think we'll find something out. Right. Cuz like I and feel she'll, she'll have been there behind the scenes somehow. Yeah. Cuz I I or feel Or she was literally off just meditating on a planet for a few years. Yeah, but it sounds like, you know, she's especially with the series right now. It seems, and we'll we'll do an episode where we can go into like Easter eggs and all that um, after we watch the maybe after this the season season is over or something, but it's just something that's been in my mind since while watching it and now also flipping through this because she's obviously, you know, like in communication with the rebels <laughs> through it and, and yeah. afterwards. Therefore, and she's still... well, she was she was before, wasn't she? Exactly. You so know, she was she was fulcrum. Yeah, so I feel like, you know, she must have, like, she wasn't in complete, like, she she didn't disappear like Yoda did. She had to be in somewhat in communication, so. Maybe, um, maybe she was trapped. Maybe she was literally taken prisoner for a few years. Oh, okay. Well, that story, well, someday we'll hear that story. And I'm seeing a map now, Trev. What, and, yes, it's not one of the better maps that they've ever produced, but it is, you know, everything looks accurate. It looks, it's very hard to understand. Um, Ahsoka says, my home planet isn't even on here. Where, wait, where is she? Where's Togruta? Or where, did, where are they from? Why are they not here? Is I mean, it's a very, worlds? it's a very basic map. There's only like 18, what, no, 20, 28 planets on it. So <laughs> it is a very basic map. Oh, why is there like a squiggly line where the where the colors are inverted to the left? I don't know. So it's an interesting stylistic choice, though. Right, because then Ilum is the only planet shown on that side where, like, yeah, stylistically, it's more. I mean, if you if you brought up a, a better image of the map, it is mostly populated to the right of that line. Like the unknown yeah. regions are over there to the left of that line, and. So that's kind of, yeah, where the shift goes between oh. lots of stuff and not much stuff. But we don't know why, if there is what that line represents or why there is that line. No. 
Because no. you know, there's a like in evolution, evolution wise here on Earth, there's that there's that line across the like the um, islands in the Pacific that no species cross that line. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh no! This oh um <laughs> that that has a specific name. Um, I'll I can't look it up right now because it's gonna take me a, a minute. But yeah, there so <laughs> so there's you know there's all those islands in the uh, over in the Pacific, kind of like leading up to in, whatever. But there's this kind of curvy line that no species, like no birds, no mammals, no reptiles from one island have crossed over to the other. Okay. And, and so and everything to one side of it, they're they all those islands are populated by the same species. And everything to the right of yeah. it, all those islands are populated by the same species. But there's this there's this invisible wall where they never cross that. And it's Oh wow. It's like it's you know, it's 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 really interesting because right? Like it's just how evolution happened or why you know or how if these islands were further apart from each other i guess at one point then maybe this is where they are right now but evil you know animals kept evolving separately and never crossed this line and I, yeah so I, I guess you'd end up thinking about things like how how much trade had a factor in animals mm-hmm. moving around the world like you know you think of something like horses being everywhere but i guess Maybe horses just originated in one country, zebras in another, camels in another. Yeah. Until, you know, humans come along and start moving them around everywhere. If those islands never had much human interaction or need to move these species, then maybe the whole planet was just, you know, a melting pot of different species on different islands while our alien overlords played their sim (laughs) game that essentially we're all living in. Precisely. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm, I'm wondering if there's something kind of like that, but maybe force related to this squiggly line in here because it reminds me of it. I'll, I'll look it up later and I'll send you the link and uh, probably put it on the uh, on the Discord. Um, anyways, However, I'm, speaking of species. Speaking of species, right? The, I mean, the next I, page. What a great transition for us to talk about evolution <laughs> and species because now we have the galactic bestiary. Uh, by Bowspritz, that's an amazing name, Bowspritz, <laughs> the Jedi biologist. Um, what can you tell me about Bowspritz? Uh, nothing. Or Bowspritz. Off the top of my head. <laughs> nothing? Let, was this person made up for this book, or, or did they exist? Yes, a, a lot of the people were made up for this book. Okay. Um, yep, yeah, he's, he's never turned up in anything else apart from a role-playing game uh, rule book. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, both spritz. Uh, why am I not surprised? Make some friends. Okay, let me know. I mean, some cool drawings of creatures in here. I like this Oseri. Um, he looks just like a, a troll head with no body. With I mean, green. but the one on that first page, the, the Troikan Indectable. That like, is scary. How, how does that even work? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a really thorny. It's like a spiky snake. caterpillar that can turn into a ball. I, I thought, I think the with ball, spikes. Well, I think the top view is just maybe like a frontal view, so you're not seeing. No, the rest. it says it's a spiked insect that curls into a ball and oh, impales it's... its prey by rolling wildly through the oh. undergrowth. I see that now. That's what happens when you <laughs> look at it. 
yeah, that's that's even more scary. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay, this Jota can Nickler Crab. Yeah, I still like the Osiri. He looks, I mean, I like him. Uh, Alright, I'm gonna keep... That's it? Just one page of, of like, animals? Yeah, remember how many ones we had in the Sith book? Yeah. Nothing about, like, the... Um, what was the thing from the heir to the Je to to the empire? But the, Salamiri. In Salamiri, yeah. I would have thought they would have talked about them in here, being like, "Hey, if you see these, run away, Jedi. They will take away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're not going to be able to use your Force powers." <laughs> uh, oh, introduction to the lightsaber. This is interesting. Uh, there's a little diagram showing the blade emitter. This is page 38 and 39. Uh, I love um, Yoda's, sorry, Ahsoka's comment there about Yoda, saying um, Yoda it. hasn't gotten any easier. He was a tough teacher for sand levitation. You'd <laughs> think a few hundred years would have lightened him up. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, she's very snippy in here, too. The, on, the, on the other page, she goes, this isn't the only way to hold a lightsaber. So, And what I've noticed, I, I noticed this when I was flicking through before the show, and we haven't really commented on it how whiny some of Anakin's are. So uh -huh. he's like, I never used a trainer's saber. I had no problem going straight to a real oh, saber. Oh, my. Like, he, he made a comment on the clan ones, on the clan page saying, I didn't have to join a clan. I just went straight in as Padawan, you know. This, are you this serious? rubbish. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So this is definitely, like, this is, like, um, movie Anakin, not Clone Wars Anakin. <laughs> yeah. And we see it again on... um. Page 41. So there's a few pages of lightsaber combat here, yeah. which, you know, we're not going to go into much. Uh, but they're do they're, there's two Jedi sparring in form one combat, and Anakin basically goes, seems too simplistic to be all that effective. Oh. It's like, you know, these forms have been around for thousands of years, Anakin. Maybe you should pay attention. You don't know better. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, there's a, so, something about Sarlacc. Interesting one on page 42. Okay. So so they mentioned that when you're sparring, if you call out Sola, that's your basically your surrender. Um, yeah. Palpatine makes a comment, uh, another Jedi witness, the Sith need no word for surrender. Now, Sola has come into canon, and we've seen that in Dooku Jedi Lost and the High Republic. Oh. They, like, meaning the same thing? Exactly the same thing, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, it's, you know, it's, it's like saying uncle. Oh, yeah. When you're... When you play fighting or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I can hear, if you never use your saber, then why have one? Just just whiny. Yeah. Okay. They initiate, so I'm going to keep going here. Because, yeah, we've been talking about this book for a little while. And I think we're barely covered. Like, we're not even halfway through it. So I'm going <laughs> to keep going a little more quickly now. Uh, you know, working with your master. There's, you know, some colored pictures here. Theme. I think. I think theme. It would be interesting to go through the book just only reading like, um, each person, like each individual's comments on, like without everything else, just so that you can yeah. kind of, like, put yourself in their mindset and and understand why they're saying that. <laughs> so if if we jump forward to page fifty four. Okay. I'm on there. So this talks about the reassignment council. Um, so on the next one, it talks about the agricult agricultural corpse. So this was a okay. thing from 
the Jedi Apprentice series of books, which dealt with Obi-Wan as Qui-Gon's Padawan. Yeah. And it was basically for Padawans who weren't quite good enough. They weren't going to make the cut. They weren't going to be apprenticed to a master. Uh-huh. They got shipped off to be farmers. <laughs> what? Just a farming? Basically. Yeah. And this is, says that there's, um, there's three different branches. So you've got the agricultural corps, the medical corps, and the educational corps. Mm-hmm. But the medical and educational ones are the smallest because the Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters do all that stuff anyway. Yeah. But they need people who are strong enough with the Force to go and work as farmers. <laughs> That's amazing. I want. I mean, I, I would want that at least they're using their force powers to grow just crops better or faster or something with it. Yeah. And that's literally the plot of the first Jedi Apprentice book is that Obi-Wan's been told, you're off to be a farmer. And then he ends up buddied up with Qui-Gon and then Qui-Gon takes him on as his Padawan at the end of the book. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's uh, quite the premise for a book. <laughs> Go be a farmer. Um, yep. Okay. Uh, I'm. I skipped ahead, and I now, and I'm interested in this. And um, page sixty-three, where we talk about lightsaber variants, because yeah. got, we got oh, so a there's something here. really funky on here. There's a comment from Duku here. Say, you know, he says intriguing about. The curved hilt lightsaber that is perhaps the least radical of all variants. Its extended handle accommodates a slight bend, seldom exceeding 30 degrees. This style is common among practitioners of Form 2 lightsaber combat who prefer its balanced weight and precise handling for saber-to-saber dueling. Making no mention of the fact that it was Christopher Lee's arthritis that prevented him from holding a normal (laughs) lightsaber. So... Um, but you know, Dooku, Dooku liked it, and it's it's the least radical. No mention. But have a look of, at the um, have a look at the third one down. The light club. Yeah, uh, it's a light a, club. That it's a giant-sized za- uh, saber with a massive handle and a thick blade. Light clubs are often built by hoaks or other Jedi of unusually large size. I mean, I'm seeing the diagram to the left of this, and it's like. The it's the, massive. The girth of the blade, it's like four regular lightsabers like next to each other. Like it's four times the size of a regular lightsaber. And um, what's really cool about that as well is it's not just the fact that you know they're the literal clubs made of lightsaber energy. Yes, <laughs> but the the species that we mentioned there, a hook. Yeah, or Hauk, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. They've latest been seen in the Young Jedi Adventures animated show. Oh, really? Yeah. If you go onto the canon page on the book, you'll see what the main picture is, the, the animated version of it. How big are these hoaks? hooks? I mean, they don't, they don't look that massive in the show. Um, they're like, like Wookiee size, maybe? Oh, but Wookiees have regular lightsabers, don't they? Yeah. And I've, I've never seen a light club used in a story anywhere outside this so i'm not quite sure where daniel wallace has got it from but you know i like it i want to see one um oh and then there's a dual face lightsaber that then becomes even longer yeah so corin horn built himself one of those 
Oh, uh, yeah, so you press a button and it'll like double in length. Of course, Cornhorn would be would do something yeah. like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the next page, and then oh, we have the light whip. Fantastic. Yep. Oh wait, and uh, number three, number two on this one is the uh, the lightsaber pike. That's very sim. It looks very similar to Ray's uh, like saber thing. Yeah, that that would have been cool to see. Right. In live action. Just the way it's put together, it looks very similar to how to hers. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, you know, we we have a, a Ray movie coming up, so maybe who knows. So maybe we'll see. It <laughs> you can you can never trust anything that Disney says about Star Wars anymore. So, uh, all right, I'm gonna keep going. Lots of cool diagrams. So this is this is really styles. funny. I just, yeah, I just want to touch on this these lightsaber countermeasures really quickly. Yes. So we're just talking about things the lightsabers struggle to cut through. So you've got cortosis, you've got ultrachrome, you've got neuranium and frick. You've got Mandalorian iron, also so called Beskar, obviously, mm-hmm. and then you have bones. <laughs> Literally, the last one on the list is bones? bones. The bones of some creatures, such Whoa. as those from Onderon or Felucia, um, and car- carapaces. Carapaces of other creatures, such as thousands or fireworms, demonstrate a natural saber resistance. Wow. I mean, that also implies that these creatures. Uh, evolved to possibly to to like to to have bones that resist specifically lightsabers. Yeah. <laughs> so like, imagine like you know, eons ago where then they were being just cut down by lightsabers for some reason, and then the creatures just <laughs> slowly evolved really hard bones so that that wouldn't happen. Yeah. That's amazing. Um- uh okay i'm gonna keep going in here uh sensibilities uh, another great quote from anakin on page 72 uh Uh, so we're talking about uh so form five is the most physically demanding of all combat styles uh requires strength jedi without the natural ability to overpower their opponents should study another form conversely jedi of towering stature and imposing musculature musculature Mm -hmm. may choose to focus on form five and then Anakin writes, you can amplify your strength with the Force. Why shouldn't all Jedi learn this? Mm-hmm. So basically saying, yeah, we can all do this. Yeah. We can all be strong. We can all be yeah. powerful. And then on the next page, he says, I prefer to call it aggressive negotiations. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, come on. Who didn't? Who... Everyone would have oh, known where he was going. Go on, give it. Give us his quote on page 75. His quote. Hold on. Let me get to that. And again, I am working on this. Mostly an exercise in control. I doubt I will need to use it. What if he worked? Again, it's just another lightsaber form, but he's like, I'm so good. I'm not going to need this. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone, He. it's easy to see where he was going to end up. Uh, okay, let's keep going here. Um, so sensibilities, I mean, we've, we've been talking about strange force, uh, doing a strange force powers, uh, episode for a long time. So I can imagine that maybe going through some of these would be interesting for whenever we do that. So, Hey, yeah, we'll we'll come, we'll come back to that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, whoa, there's, I'm on 
82 here. Oh, there's the Gillette um, razor that Qui-Gon yep. uses to communicate with people. There's a diagram for it. On, so we're basically looking at Batman's utility belt. Basically. <laughs> uh, amazing. Okay, we'll keep going here. Ooh, more creatures. Uh, page 86. We've got, oh, I mean, this is just regular aliens. We've got your Duros. Oh, the <laughs> fifth. A uh, Herglick. I like him. Oh, ba oh, Bothan. I like, oh, Squib. You were talking, we were talking about. There squibs. you go. I mean, he I... doesn't really look like a horse in that one, but. No, it's kind of like a goat, a goat bunny. Um... So then you've got, uh, yeah, aliens resistant to force abilities. Oh, Hunt and Toydarians are resistant. Interesting. Did we know this? I didn't know that. Maybe I did. Well, uh, yeah, Watto says Jedi mind tricks don't work on me. Um, oh, yeah. Luke tries to control Jabber in Return of the Jedi. Mm. Okay. Oh, hey! Force-wielding animals on the next there page. We go. And we got an Islamari. Islamiri. On the bottom right of page 90. So, that's what it looks like. Yeah, so the, uh, both of these started in the air to be Empire books because Vonska of the ones that Thrawn's using to hunt the Jedi. Oh, yeah. And the Islamiri are boreal lizards that create bubbles or voids of the, in the force that hide their energy from predators like Vorinxkers. <laughs> yeah, so that's why the Islamiri evolved to know the force so the Vonskers wouldn't be able to hunt them. Yeah. But then if you put them next to a Jedi, then the Jedi are also within the bubble and then they can't use their force abilities yeah. either. Amazing. Ooh. Uh, Palpatine says, perhaps Tauzin amulets for the Jedi hunters? Or what do Tauzins do? Um, Tauzin... So they were the ones that are um, impervious to lightsabers. Ooh. Oh, okay. So if you make a armor out of that, perhaps, then you would not be cut down by lightsabers. Maybe. Oh, and Ahsoka does not want to meet one of these night hunters in the dark. I mean, it's pretty horrifying. Yeah, that is pretty gnarly. I mean, so which one do you want to meet the least in the dark? Oh, read, read that, though. So, about the night hunters. They can manipulate the Force to create a cloak of shadows around themselves. Whoa. And that because of that, they're sometimes used as guard beasts. It would be beneficial for you to learn. During... Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, the one on the bottom... Hence the name. <laughs> yeah, but the, the one on the bottom, the Begatory, is hideous. I would rather yeah. see a Night Hunter <laughs> than that thing on the bottom. But That's it... literally just like flipping his entire head open it's 90 disgusting. degrees. That's disgusting. Full of teeth. <laughs> yeah. But the Night Hunters, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, let's not meet any. Ooh, Jacko Beast on the next page. He's cute. I want the Jacko Beast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this Arctic herd animals can use their horns to generate a telekinetic push. A herd of them can create a wave strong enough to flatten forests. This is the truth, Thames says. Flipped our speeder too. Oh my God. I don't know when that happened. I don't know. Uh, okay. Let's keep go. Oh, this. Oh, the act dog. That does not look like a dog. 
but they're resistant to sabers as well, Ken Kenobi says. All right, going on. We got some uh, some ships in here. That's fine. That's cool. Oh, did I So we have a load of ships, um, but that's talking about as well the Chunfo, which is, is the Jedi training ship mm. from Legends that crashed on Dathomir, which is where Luke originally found loads of the information that he was going to be able to use to build oh. his academy. That was in Dathomir? Yes. Oh, that's cool. The first book that Dathomir ever got uh, used in, where they were all uh, rankle-riding witches. Okay. Did they talk the about... The Sisters have evolved a lot. Yeah. Did they talk about the Sisters in this book? Uh, probably not much. They covered them in the Book of Sith a lot, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. I, it'd be just interesting if, like, they we had, like, a Jedi's take on the Night Sisters as well. Oh, there we go. An- another great comment from Anakin on page 101. What does he say? Hold on. Let me get to it. What does he say? So we're talking about the Jedi Code. There is no emotion. There is peace. And yeah. Anakin says, emotions don't need to be banished, only controlled. I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> And Ahsoka says, not as well as he thinks. <laughs> oh, great. Oh, man. Oh, but there's a Anakin also on the left saying, Qui- this is how well he's controlled his emotions. Um, Qui-Gon would have been my master. I've already lost him, and it still feels terrible. Yeah. Yep, he's, totally he's, in control. So... These two notes are next to each other. They're like side by side, where he talks on the left that he feels he still feels terrible about losing Qui Gon, and then he is controlling his emotions. So, <laughs> come on. So we talk Anakin. about um on the on the next page. They're talking about a uh, trial of insight. Um, you know, one of the trials that they put their Padawans through, and Palpatine says, "Insight, we Sith grew right under their noses." <laughs> I guess the Holoist members were not uh, very good at their job with their insight. Insight. No. <laughs> um, all right, I'll keep going with. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff about Jedi trials. Um, yeah. And then you get to sort of the role and duties of a Jedi Knight. Um, there's a whole thing here about it goes through different types of. Um, Jedi, so you've got Jedi Guardian, Jedi Counselor, Jedi Peacekeepers. Now mm-hmm. that kind of ties into almost uh, the early role-playing games and like Knights of the Old Republic in particular where you, you chose what kind of Jedi you'd be and that was reflected in your lightsaber saber color. Oh, yeah. Jedi Consular too. Oh, this is Jedi Seer, Jedi Healer. Oh, this is really interesting. Oh. Then you, then you have your Sentinel who, who was like the, the balanced one, really. Yeah. Jedi Diplomat, where is that one? Oh, Sentinel, there he is. Well, yeah, the yellow yellow, uh, the, the yellow saber is for the Sentinels, right? Or it was. Yeah. Um, Sentinels often carry blasters as well as other power cells and other specialist tools. That's cool. Jedi Slicers? No, just Slicer. Okay. Yeah, just normal Slicer. Yeah. <laughs> It says, that this, it says about slicers, uh, this skill is notable due to the fact that the Force really doesn't offer a shortcut. 
<laughs> What's a Jedi Shadow? The elite Jedi Shadow are widely respected members of the Sentinels. The role of the Jedi Shadow is to seek out and vanquish any traces of the dark side, requiring them to be both spies and saboteurs. Jedi Shadows prize the mission above all else and often must make moral compromises that would be unpleasant for other members of the Order. Wow. And Luke makes a comment saying that Kyle Katarn would have been an outstanding Sentinel. Well, what happened Which to him? Makes total die? sense. Why does he say no, that? He was, He's the guy from a Dark Forces video game. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I guess he didn't make it. So we've, so we've got a bit more about abilities, which we've already said we'll uh, yeah. come back to. Yes. Uh, a bit more about lightsaber styles. I'm, I'm skipping forward trying to get to some good stuff. There's a more history of the Sith. Oh, this, do we got good, uh, good comments from Palpatine there? Oh, so this is a good one. So, obviously, a, a real canon thing has been about bleeding the crystals. Yes. Um, you know, when you turn dark. And it was never really a thing in Legends. But it, it does say here, um, the blade of a Sith Saber has been known to break the blade of a Jedi Saber by overloading its energy matrix. So it's oh. essentially saying that they're, they're stronger lightsabers. Yeah. But they use synthetic crystals. So the Sith never used real crystals. They never grew attuned to it. They just, you know, used fake ones. Isn't, I mean, that's how thing in canon too, though. I mean, I, wasn't that in, like, in Duke of Jedi Lost, was it? Or one of those books that they talk about synthetic? Oh, uh, I crystals? forget. But they I, I were kind of like, I think they were kind of like orange or something. Uh, listeners, let us know. I feel like they, they talk about it in there. But that's like yeah. making me think of it. Um, okay. So, well, yep. This is, I mean, this is pretty much near the end of the book. Uh, yeah, so there's a load on Darth Bane. Oh. I need to finish the Darth Bane trilogy. I've only read the first one. D yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Third one's really good. Okay. I'm like, right now, I've been reading the whole, like, Mistborn series, so um, <laughs> I'll need to get back to some Star Wars after I'm done with this. So, uh, oh, don't don't tell right. Eric. You'll, you, you'll be starting a whole new podcast just all about that <laughs> series. I mean, each book is really long. It's like 30 hours to, like, do through audiobooks. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's quite, quite the commitment. Uh, okay. So I think I've spotted a mistake on page 151. So What's they're that? talking about um, the Lost 20. So Jedi Masters who've resigned from the Order. Yeah. And it says, they, they call it the Lost 20 now. Dooku was the latest. Wish I knew what happened. Now that's been signed Ahsoka. But straight underneath it, Ahsoka says, not me. Let's just stop this creep. So I think the first one's meant to be Anakin. Wait, where is this? Oh, no, in my printed book, it says Anakin. Oh, really? Yeah. Look. I don't know if you can tell, but it's clearly two ah. different signatures. So okay. on, your on your copy, oh, it on says my both e of us say Ahsoka? Says Ahsoka, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, not me. Let's just stop this creep. Yeah, no, it says it on, on mine. Uh, cool. Now, All this right. you'll, you'll find interesting on the next page. So 152... 
This yeah. is some real obscure stuff. So it's talking about other people who can use the force. So the Angti monks. Mm -hmm. these, these are great. So these live in the distant Cathal Rift and through unknown means are able to manipulate space for instantaneous teleportation. Whoa. And they've, uh, they're the ones who teach Jason Solo and Legions how to use flow walking, which is a way of going back in time, almost like the world between worlds. Oh, that's cool. Are they have they have they been canonized? Wait, I... the NT is that the group of people that they had in one of the books that were down in like when they get old, they just get sent to live in like a cave underground or something, and they never come back out. No, I don't think so. So they. They have been canonized in the Rise of Skywalker Visual Dictionary by Pablo okay. Hidalgo. Okay. There was, I don't know um, the context. Okay. There, there was a, there's a species that Luke and his son, they went. Yes, yes. And they were like, and they, they were like, quote unquote, dead. No, you're, you are absolutely right, because they were trying to find out what happened to Jason Solo. Right. So and I, and I remember that they were talking about some of the training that he had done, and so that's why I'm like I don't know if it's the same species, but I re, um, I remember that yeah there were there was a lot of talk about uh, Jason Solo's um, like training under other with other creatures and other species. Yes. So. Um, yeah, that's the Fate of a Jedi series. Yeah. See, I've I've, I've read some legends. Well, well done. <laughs> I'm, I'm genuinely impressed hey i know things all right <laughs> uh okay so yeah so we're almost done with with the book here uh oh, hey there's a picture of, of grandmaster fake coven at um page 157 there she's got whiskers she is pink or red <laughs> she's so got she's pointy ears of, she's kind of like a, a a cat elf creature good for her uh whoa transcending death i i love the intro here one day you will die <laughs> no it says there is no death the very beginning of, of this book it <laughs> says there is no death it does say uh not none can state with clarity what awaits you after you become one with the force but your journey into the netherworld will be instantaneous okay keep going uh, so it's some sages among the wills, as in the guardian of the wills, the people who are telling us the whole Star Wars story, mm -hmm. believe otherwise, holding out the possibility of existence in this world even after Jedi have shred their physical forms. So they do say it's possible. And then Luke mm -hmm. talks about how he's seen it. Um, but you've got to remember in Legends continuity, Ben was, well, and canon, I guess, Ben was the first one to do it. Yeah. Because Qui-Gon taught him. Yeah. Yeah, I first sensed Ben in this state, then Yoda and my father. It meant so much to see them, but there seems to be a limit to how long a spirit can tether itself to the living. I'm surprised that the Jedi... In Legends. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised uh, that the Jedi of this era dismissed the ability as mere legend. So far, the holocrons I've acquired have contained references to the Jedi even more ancient, including... Ooh. Galong Tao? Plow... Topsium and Arca Jeth. Did you know of these people? I know Arca Jeth. 
Uh, I'm wookieing Galong Tal right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, only ever mentioned in this book. <laughs> All are said to have passed into the Force while remaining behind in the world as phantoms, achieving the extreme transformation through the sublimation, sublimation of a body's organic cells into a state of pure energy. From my experience, I know that four spirits can communicate with those still alive and can appear as a vision of their former selves unmarked by disease or injury. They can appear anywhere in the galaxy to those who had known them in life or echo in one's thoughts, as Ben did in mine. I'm continuing a deep study into the data layers of the Crimson Colocron. There is much more going on here than theory. That's the the last comment by Luke Skywalker. So that was actually really fun. I really enjoyed that. This is cool. I I mean, I'm again the same thing as when we did the other. Well, we done we did the we did the Sith, and then before that we had done the the bounty hunters. The bounty hunter one. So there's two others in the series. You've got the Imperial Handbook. Yeah. And then you've got the Rebel Files, and I think the Rebel one is canon. Really. Yeah. I need to get yeah I don't I don't have the physical I only have the physical copies of the Jedi Path and the um, Book of the Sith so I should get the other ones and then we can do them at some point in the near future. And we did the we did the Han Solo one, didn't we? Uh, didn't Tales we? from Vandor. Did we? Because I got to say bollocks. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> the droid. Yes. Um, but yeah, maybe for maybe for the Ander season two or right around that time, it, that that sounds like an appropriate time to do either the Imperial Handbook or the Rebel one, or maybe both. Yeah, I think the Rebel one would be really good because I think yeah. it's a, a lot about the formation of the rebellion. Maybe we should do that just before Andor season yeah. two. Okay, okay, that sounds well. Is that is that filming yet, or is that yes. now? Yeah. Um, okay, so it was written before the strike, so. <laughs> Yep, and then Tony well, Gilroy was told, because he, he was like on set all the time, and they were like, you better not be doing any writing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Although, then he literally had to release a statement saying, don't worry, I'm not. I, yeah. I won't change a word. Yeah. Although then there's, uh, I mean, there's no acting going on, so I guess that's still probably pushed back as that's... a lot of other things. Anyways, there is a strike Anyways. in Hollywood uh, from <laughs> in case you didn't know or in case you forgot. That happened right when we were... Uh, um, recording this, it's been over three months, so maybe almost four months at this point. So, yeah, that's 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 what's going on. So, uh, but we just we just went How, through a book. Let's let's um let's touch on that. Let's give our listeners a bit of real life insight. So your your wife is or your partner is a Hollywood writer, isn't she? Yes. Um, yes. How's it how's it affecting her? Has she had to go and do something else? Is she? Just take the time off to be on the picket lines all the time. What's yeah? How's that hit your life? Yeah, she's yeah. I mean, she's not working because this is what she does for a living. Yeah. Um, luckily, she had enough savings, and you know, and I have a steady job, so we're okay financially. So you're just you're just coping. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And the reality is, you know, once for, like, the economy, you know, the, for a lot of writers, especially once you kind of reach a certain level, you, you know, you're you're paid okay. And because it's the, it's a kind of like a gig kind of um, 
economy the gig economy in a way. Thing. Yeah. Because you're it's assumed that you're not going to have steady work for a full year. You know, once you you're basically unemployed between gigs. That's just yeah. They, 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 and it's it's how it's always been. So you you work on a on a show, um, then that you know you're you're done writing that season, and then you're unemployed until something else comes up. So yeah. The thing is, in the past, when you were writing a season, um, you know, shows, especially here in, in the U.S., right, they uh, shows tended to be really long. Like on, on primetime television, there'll be 24 episodes per season. Now with streaming, sometimes we're talking about six episodes or some or eight, or eight episodes. So when writers only have six episodes, they're basically employed for a couple of weeks and then they're done for the rest of the year if they can't find anything else. Uh, so that's yeah. one of the things that they're, you know, that they're struggling with, right? That in the past they they would be more steadily employed, um, and now they have they're struggling because the streaming services have kind of like kind of like changed the game, you know, the game field. So so yeah, no, and I mean, you've we've got been... the whole actors um, worried about AI and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I read a thing, I read a thing from Keanu Reeves today, saying that he's basically put a clause in his contract for everything he's done for like the last twenty years. Yeah. Because they once edited a tear in one of his movies. Oh, really? To make it look like he was crying in a scene that he wasn't crying. And he's like, hold on, that wasn't my yeah. artistic intent at that yeah. moment. And if yeah. you're going to start doing that, yeah. then I'm putting this clause in my contract saying right. you can't do anything. Right. No, I mean, the AI is a really big thing. And it's all, I mean, I'm also seeing it come creep into my industry as well in like architecture and construction industry but i know that's that's the biggest one that my partner is sort of like uh you know picketing against because what they're trying to do is what the studios are trying to do is that they you know they're still gonna bring in some writers but they want to reduce the size of uh of the writer's room so that they can basically have ai essentially write the whole season of a show using the algorithm. Yeah, it's just an, it an ideas room. And then they just give that to a human to just make sure that it makes sense. And that's it. So, you know, that's that's what they're trying to do. And that's what they're a big thing that the writers are um, fighting against because they just want to they want to have it put into writing that a writer for a TV show needs to be a human. So, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so that's, you know, they've been doing that for about four months now. And there's we we were thinking that they were going to start budging right around this time, because in the U.S. there's uh, Labor Day this Monday <laughs> uh, and uh, people had their vacations planned out for the whole summer. And they were so yeah. there, so there were there, we were hoping that maybe by this time, by the end of the summer, that some something some some sort of arrangement could be reached and yeah there's no end in sight still so we yeah so yeah so my partner she's she's out picketing um she doesn't go every day because it's you know it's, it's been really hot in the summer here um <laughs> but she she goes when she can and then other than that she's basically you know she, um you're allowed to work and stuff at home just not really anything that is like you cannot be under contract for anything. So you can work on your own yeah. projects. So you can work on like your own like spec scripts or something. So I yeah, imagine yeah. that a lot of people are doing that. Um, but yeah, you just can't be out. Th you can't be legal I, within the Writers Guild of America. So if you're um, if you work under, you know, Canadian or 
British or whatever, like you're all fine. Yeah. It's really just here in America that we're we're at a, we've been at a standstill on shows for for months now. So Netflix, pay your writers. Yeah, it's I mean, pay and just be real. You know, just don't be jerks like i mean the, some of the yeah this some <laughs> of the things well with the ai stuff it's just kind of ridiculous and with the actors too right because it's like it, they say that if, if if you're a background actor in any movie then or any show that they can digitally reproduce your 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 appearance in any like in perpetuity anywhere else yeah and it's like why like no i mean so there's you know if you're a known actor you can like yeah you get paid well but when you're background people and that's like how you try to make a living or you're just you know really far down on the call list then you don't you don't make a lot of money and then the fact that they just went oh so you appeared in this one scene now i can use you forever and you're not going to get any payment from that you're not going to get any any residuals or or royalties like that's ridiculous yeah and if you've done that to a thousand people then you never need background extras again exactly exactly for anything yeah if you've got the cgi budget yeah so so yeah so that's 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 the that's a bit of the gist i don't want to you know i i just know what i'm told and obviously i'm I'm not part of the writer's guild so i can't uh i can't i don't know all the nuances to it and however how everyone feels but i know that yeah for us it's just been a thing where like yeah she's been she wants to go back to work. She's ready to go back to work. She just can't because uh, that's how not how, that's not how a strike works, and and the studios yeah, are just yeah. not really they're just not really listening. They're not really like budging on on the demands, which I feel like they're really not. A lot of these demands are very they're not unrealistic. They're very reasonable. Just to say, hey, just yeah, have humans be the writers. <laughs> but even you've got like the the big actors saying it, so yeah, yeah. You know, it really it really is just studios being exposed as not very nice people yeah exactly so anyways that's anyway <laughs> little little bit of uh dose of reality there so uh i got to i got to direct the tangent for once <laughs> well it is your episode sort of so that's okay um <laughs> well yeah so that 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 was it that was the book thanks trev for going through it with me um hope you guys also had fun with it (laughs) um but i think that yeah i mean we should do the other ones because there's definitely a lot of things that are still applicable to canon even if this wasn't canon so yeah and it's even me like i haven't looked at this book in years so seeing the things that have come uh, over do you think they're gonna bring islamiri into ahsoka i don't know i mean we got thrawn and they they talk about him as being the heir to the empire there's a lot of things in there that are i mean i know that it's not gonna be the book but maybe we can get some islamiri okay hot hot take hot take now i want to i want to get this on record my prediction for the show and its subsequent seasons and the subsequent dave filoni movie is that wherever thrawn and ezra are they are working together to keep back an even bigger bad. So Thrawn's not even a bad guy. That's my take. I like it. I mean, we know that Thrawn isn't... He's seduced by the whole... He loves, like, the art of war. <laughs> he's. I mean, and the, a lot of that is the, the retcon of Thrawn's character as a whole, right. in that, you know, he's... 
his reasoning for working with the Empire was right. because that was the dominant force in the galaxy. And he needed that galaxy yeah. to be strong in case whatever else was out there yeah. came knocking. Yeah. So I think that's where we're going with it. Okay. I also I like don't it. think Oz, Oz said this in our Slack. You know that one still we've seen of Thrawn? Yeah. The, that one shot we've got. <laughs> Oz reckons that Thrawn's going to be in this show for like five seconds. Oh, no. And then he'll be held up till season two. Oh, no. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. But all right. We will we will get back. To, we'll see how accurate Trev was once we do our Ahsoka episode, I guess. Um, so, yeah, guys. Um that's it. That's that's it for today. So if you, for some reason, haven't done this yet, make sure to join our Discord. You know why. You know, community, active, talking about Ahsoka, <laughs> talking about books, all that kind of stuff. Um, so go to utina.com slash Discord and click the Join Now button on that page. Yeah, if you don't have the Jedi Path, yeah, we'll we'll share some images of some of these creatures and stuff in there because they're kind of fun to watch, kind of fun to see. So and we'll put the we'll affiliate link in the show notes as well. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Um, and, of course, this show is possible thanks to all the people supporting us, either through Patreon subscriptions or getting some of our merch. If you'd like to help us out as well, go get your Star Wars-inspired merch on utini.com slash merch. And also go to patreon.com slash utini to become a Patreon member. And when you do so, not only do you get access to all of our episodes two weeks in advance, you also get a bunch of other Utini member exclusives. Like, you know, we said this in our last episode, but we'll say it again just in case. But, you know, we did that uh, Servants of the Empire roundtable, and that just went uh, live. Right, Trev? So um, Yep, I think that and... should be in your feeds now. Check it out. It's it's very nerdy. Yeah, it's 90-something minutes way. of Star Wars nerdiness. So um go go do that um trev besides the discord channel that we have where can people find you on the x <laughs> so i am at david todd on twitter i refuse to call it x yes. um and we are at sw archives pod on twitter and instagram and i will never call it x that's my own silent rebellion against that's elon fine. musk okay <laughs> And well, <laughs> thank you, Trev. Thank you to all of our Patreon members for supporting us and making this show possible. And thank you, dear listeners, for continuing to hear us talk about anything and everything in Star Wars. And with that, we can now say radio out. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time. May the Force be with you.